Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. I'm Dylan Eisen, and this is the uh, first of my new Dylan uh, Discourse podcast, where I uh, walk you through some sort of subject uh, solo, just me today, um, while I'm uh, driving to or from work. So, um, a few things about this new uh, format. Uh, first of all, it's just me. Um, I realize that it's so it's more of a monologuing, less of a discussion, a different type of format here. Uh, second, uh, the sound you can expect the sound quality on these to be um, less than it would be on uh, our other types of po- our other podcasts. If this is your first time listening here, this sound quality is not consistent with what you can expect from the Overly Animated Podcast. I am recording into my car's uh, hands-free Bluetooth microphone. You'll be able to hear the engine. You'll be able to hear turn signals. Um, this is the best that I could get it. Uh, you know, I mean, if I really tried, I could bring my professional microphone in the car with a laptop, but that's a lot, and I want this to be kind of like an easy type thing to, for me to do. Um, this is not in place of any, uh, any podcast, uh, material. This is just an additional one every week. I want to do more. We've had a little bit of a decrease when I've started working full-time, so this thing is a good way to get out some more content while still being very easy for me to, uh, record. So, um, yeah, Dylan Discourse, I, I, that name is ironic. I, I'm attempting to use discourse ironically there. Um, it alliterates. It's a synonym somewhat for monologue, and that's the best I got. If you have a better name suggestion, tell me. Uh, so today, this is an off-topic Dylan discourse, so we're going to start off strong here with a something clearly not related to animation. I'm going to walk you through the Oscar Best Picture category. So uh, the Oscars are this Sunday at, uh, I believe, 8.30 on uh, ABC 8.30 Eastern. And um, the Best Picture category is a very interesting one this year. I have seen all eight of the Best Picture nominees. <laughs> yes, I've, I genuinely have. And I will walk you through each one in... There's, I'm, I'm attempting to do three different things here. One, I'm going to give you a general overview of the film. I assume most of you have not seen all of them. Two, I'm going to give you a uh, kind of a... Like, uh, uh, who's going to win? Like, that type of thing. Like, a Oscar prognostication overview of the category. This is one of the closest Best Picture years in recent memory. I'm going to tell you who's most likely to win, um, what the state of the race is, stuff like that. If you have an Oscar poll, this would be a good good one to listen to for that. I'm not some Oscar prediction ex- predictions expert, but this has been a hobby of mine following this for a while, so I have some level of knowledge for this. Number three, and more most interesting, I'm going to give you my opinion of each film. I have seen all of them, and I've liked a lot, some a lot more than others. I'm going to tell you which are the best ones, which one I, should, I would recommend you seeing. So I'm going to go in um, order from most likely to win the category from least. But before that, I want to get into uh, kind of why should you care about the Oscars and the Oscar Best Picture category. Um, there's a lot of uh, pushback against the Oscars this year, rightfully so. The general thing I want to say is if you don't want to care, then don't care about this. Like, that's a perfectly legitimate opinion. There's no inherent meaning to award shows. Um, they're all essential. They only have meaning when you, if you imbue them with meaning. I personally believe the Oscars are by far the most legitimate of the major award show shows, like, uh, like the Grammys are a joke, um, although they're the most entertaining to watch, maybe. Um, the Emmys, I think, are not very good most years. They they're pretty out of touch with basically like even general uh, television criticism or fans of TV shows. They're just their own entity. 
Um, the Golden Globes are 100% illegitimate and you should not care about them. It's a group of 50 people who aren't part of the Academy. The Oscars are a group of 6,000 people of who, in theory, people who actually make films. Now, um, that's not, that wasn't true potentially until recently when they, uh, when they cut out a lot of people who've been retired for a while and aren't actually in the industry anymore, that's a big reason why the category is going to be, or the Oscar bodies and voting bodies is going to be a lot more diverse now. Um, and as, uh, as I turn on to 95 North, the quality is going to get a little bit, uh, worse as the engine revs up, I think. I'm not sure how this is going to sound, honestly, so we'll, we'll discover this together. So, all 20 acting nominees this year were, uh, white. Um... There's a, I mean, I'm not gonna spend, like, I could spend two hours talking about this. Like, I could. Um, but that's not necessarily the purpose of, of this one. I could be a different Dylan Discourse. If people are interested, I could try to get into that a little bit. Um, that's not necessarily, that's even a subject I'm less of an expert on for other reasons, you know, because I'm white than, than, uh, even this, this subject matter. Um, but... That's, uh, of course, I'm talking about the most uh, difficult one as I'm changing five lanes to the left. But this, basically, like, this is a good reason not to care about this year's Oscar ceremony. It's, like, it's a good reason. Um, there were several uh, great non-white performances that were, uh, that happened this year that I saw that were not recognized by these 20 nominees. Now, here's the thing. A lot of the nominees are some a level of random no matter what like uh, the top performances are going to get nominated and then there's some level left in each category and it's a little bit random but the fact of the matter is two years in a row now we've had no non-white nominees that's uh, not coincidence um, it's a result of a very old white voting body I mean uh, personally I've not seen Idris Elba in um Beasts of No Nation, people will love that performance, that prop, that was nominated for basically every other award, the two snubs, two major snubs that I would have clearly nominated are Michael B. Jordan for Creed, and, uh, which I love that movie, and, um, uh, and blanking on the other one, here's, okay, so here's the thing, I have no outline, this is just me talking to nobody while I'm driving, so, um, I'm gonna forget a lot of things, Benicio Del Toro for Sicario, that's the other big one. That would have been a supporting actor nominee. Those are two ones where uh, it's a little questionable why. I mean, the supporting actor is that category. It's like, why did anyone get nominated? But, uh, yeah, no, it's 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 a problem. Um, and it manifests in this Best Picture category as well because uh, uh, because Straight Outta Compton was not nominated. Um, if you want to get past race, too, there was, uh, in terms of sexuality, um, uh uh, Carol was not nominated. Um, these are two movies that were nominated for every other precursor for the Best Picture category, right? So those are kind of shocks. Um, I've not seen Compton. I have seen Carol. I didn't think it was incredibly deserving personally, but so were other movies in this category. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just all the the white straight movies about men got nominated. All of these movies except for one are very male centric as well. It's a reflection of the voting body. It's not all the voting body's fault. I actually think primarily uh, at fault here is the industry because the quote-unquote awards movies are uh, are the ones that um, are these male, white, straight films, right? Um, and the pushback you'll see from uh, idiots is that uh, 
the Oscars nominate the most uh, deserving movies, and those happen to be the ones that are uh, that are the uh, white ones. Should we should we not nominate the most deserving movies? Um, and uh, obviously, that's just idiotic because like it completely ignores the societal um, kind of. Uh, promoting of awards films. That's the thing. Awards films aren't awards films because they're the best films of the year. Now, I think the Oscars do a better job at actually recognizing the best of the year than any other category, as I said, than any other award show. Um, but it's still, there's like awards movies that are only awards movies because studios promote them as such. They have to come out at a certain time of the year. They have to have uh, a, uh, that's the thing. You don't under, if, you, if you make that argument, you don't understand how much campaigning there is for these. You have to have a, a, uh, a uh, extensive awards campaign for your films. Films don't get nominated without awards campaigns. Never. So, it's... Uh, films are only awards films because that's what they're promoted as, and they're only promoting uh, the white male straight films, right? Just because that's what they see as legitimate. So, it's all crap. Um, that being said, I have watched... <laughs> that being said, I watch... Uh, it's, not, it's not... That's not a contradictory to what I said before, but even with that, I do watch these uh, Oscar nominees every year. Um, personally, why do I watch all the Oscar films? I think it's a good way to, uh, for me to, like, check out some of the best films of the year, and it branches me into finding other ones that weren't nominated, stuff like that. Um, it's also just an exciting, exciting to see the best picture race. Um, like I said, I do think this correlates to a lot of the best films of the year, and, um, I, I think that it, they've generally nominated some of the best that I've seen, but again, fault of mine, I'm probably not watching, I'm probably watching too many, uh, too many of these, uh, these, uh, white films, right? So, um, I, I, I can't provide a legitimate perspective from that, uh, from that angle. So, um, like, spent, like, five minutes on that or something, but that's not an easy, uh, it's not a concise answer, but basically it's a problem in the entire industry, and, uh, should we, that does, but here, so the thing is, like, that doesn't mean that these eight films shouldn't be considered for best picture, of course not, and it's, that's not even, like, saying that as a counter-argument is not even a point, it's not a counter-argument, it's just, it's just something, so basically I'm like, okay, this is what we have, I'm gonna evaluate these, these are not my eight best films of the year, um, I mean, if you're looking for more diverse, more diversity creed would have been in my eight best films of the year, there had been animated films in my best eight films of the year, right, like, um, probably more female-centric ones, I'm not sure, honestly, I'd have to take a look at my list, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, so this is what we have, so I'm gonna go take you through the race, as it currently is, I'm not making a moral judgment about, uh, these, to a certain extent, I am legitimizing it by talking about it, but, uh, so if you want to make that criticism of me, I think that's fair. Okay, so, um, let me get into, uh, again, films by likelihood to win. Oh, okay, so again, before we get to that, um, still 45 minutes on my trip, so plenty of time, uh, is, loud truck next to me, is, uh, that this is the most wide-open Best Picture race in quite a while because um, the three main Oscar precursor Guild Awards were split between three different movies. This is the first time this has happened since, uh, again, no outline, I think 2004, 2005, 2003, something like that. Uh, the three Guild precursors are the uh, Producers Guild, the Directors Guild, and the Screen Actors Guild Awards. So... Uh, the Producers Guild right now is the most predictive one historically. If you look statistically, it's been the most predictive, and it is the only one of the three that emulates the Oscars preferential ballot system. Uh, 
that is actually very meaningful in terms of trying to predict it because basically the winner of this is not based on uh, just first place votes. It's based off of first, second, third. It's like five points to your first, five points to your first place on your ballot, second, three points to your second, two points to your third. You know, I, I don't know if those are the exact numbers, but it's that type of thing. Um, so gener- the general thing you should know from that is that films everyone agrees are good have a higher chance of winning than films half of the people think are great and another half think suck right so um you'll you'll see this trend um our basically our, our three nominees are ones that basically everyone likes not necessarily ones uh, like some of the ones at the bottom that have no chance that some people like a lot and uh others don't so uh the Producers Guild is the only one that emulates this preferential ballot system, and the Producers Guild, in a shock, gave it to uh, the Big Short, um, which is a shock because it's a super non-traditional narrative in, uh, in terms of how Adam McKay directed that, and not uh, one that receiving a lot of award type, and also just not a typical Academy film, in quotes, right? So... Um, yeah, that it's. I mean, that won the preferential ballot system. It's in some ways considered a favorite. Uh, uh, this, winning the Directors Guild, which was the most recent one to give out the award, was The Revenant. Um, the second win in a row for second year win in a row for uh, Inaritu, and um, that is another one that's highly correlated prediction wise. The SAG Award, I think, is the least of the three uh, statistically correlated uh, predictive, but. Uh, it, it has the highest number of Academy voters voting in it. Actors are a very large part of the Academy. And the SAG Award was won by Spotlight. So those are your three contenders for the award. Any other film basically cannot win. Um, but because it was so stratified, you can consider other general crowd-pleasing films. There's basically two others. So there's basically five that have a chance here. Maybe you could make a case for Mad Max as sixth. Um, but really, it would be a shock if one of the three didn't win. And, um, so which of the three is it? Uh, I think I'm going to recommend two websites for general Oscar prediction. One, the first is Variety's In Contention blog run by Christopher Tapley and, um, looked up beforehand, so I remember. And, uh, it was previously, he previously ran that blog on HitFix and moved over to Variety this year. Uh, he has rankings in terms of likelihood for every single category. He's generally fairly accurate, um, to, to the extent that anyone can be. And he predicts, um, he predicts The Big Short as the favorite because he is very big on the Producers Guild being the most predictive one, the only one that emulates the preferential ballot system. Here's the thing, if you're going to look historically, it's probably very boring to some people, you can skip ahead to me talking about the movies. Um, if you're going to look historically at, uh, which is most predictive, uh, it's not, it, you, it's as the 538 model does, which I'll talk about in a second. It's not, um, a good correlation because the Oscars have changed how the best picture category works. There's more nominees now and they use a preferential ballot system. They didn't do that before. So if you're looking at historical trends, you should, it's, it's not a good idea because, um, you base, making a model based purely on that, uh, purely on data, the data is not, uh, correlated. The data is for a different award. Um, the five picture, uh, I don't know if actually there was a preferential ballot system then. I assume not. I assume some type of different system in the past. Um, so now it's different, and he thinks that because of this, even though the Big Short only won this one award, I won the one the one that's own, the only one that's set up like the Oscars. So the Big Short there. Uh, the second site I'd recommend is 538 Statistical Oscar Model. Uh, 538 does uh, 
a lot of uh, statistical political analysis, as you know them for, and a bunch of other stuff now. Their Oscar model assigns point values to every major precursor. Not only do they look at the three that I talked about, they also look at the BAFTA, which was won by The Revenant. They look at the um, Golden Globe, uh, I think was won by The Revenant. I don't even remember. Uh, I think looking at the Golden Globe is a really bad idea because the voting uh, body overlap is zero. Um, so I think that that's just a bad idea. And they look at other ones, too. So um, their overall prediction is The Revenant, although it's very close. Uh, basically, The Big Short's won the most important one. Uh, the Revenant's won more than The Big Short, and then uh, Spotlight's also won one. So my feeling, I think, is that um, you shouldn't go by the, purely by the statistical model, but the first one I'm going to talk about, what my pick would be for the ceremony, would be The Revenant. I think The Revenant is slightly more likely to win than The Big Short. Um, I also think Spotlight has a very big chance because I think it's more generally crowd-pleasing than The Big Short. So, um, The Revenant, I just, I feel like it has, uh, a lot of people are going to be voting, uh, towards the end of when the award is giving out, ballots closed, uh, Tuesday, Monday, I think, and, um, it's, uh, and people are going to see The Revenant getting all the hype recently, um, for some reason, a lot of people seem to be buying into this movie. Uh, so let me give you a walkthrough. It's super long kind of experience of a super visual uh, type film um, starring Leonardo DiCaprio. He's going to win Best Picture this year for the Best uh, Actor this year for this film. Um, even though I don't think his performance is super great, he certainly endured a lot for the performance. Uh, the problem is his character has not a lot of substance to it. Um, basically, what I think of this film is that um, the characterization and narrative are both extremely weak. Uh, they're not weak because they're bad. They're weak because this film does not care about characterization or narrative. That's just not something that it attempted to do. And um, what, it's, what it's really attempting to do is tell this, like, revenge story... Um, just through very, like, uh, harsh so survival story. It's really just a survival, not survival drama, tension type film. Um, and it's trying to tell it, uh, through, like, raw violence and, um, just, like, uh, whatever emotions you experience watching it. Um, so, something I wanted to mention before I got into each specific film. I think all eight of these films are good. Like, I think that, uh, these were some good choices, I would have nominated different ones, obviously, but um, unlike past years, there's none of these films which I would categorize as bad. I think all eight are genuinely, um, genuinely good films. Like, The Revenant's one of my least favorite, and I'm talking about it now. I'm someone who prioritizes narrative and characterization basically above all else in films, and this movie is super lacking in any of the two. Uh, it's, it's, like, long, and a long movie without any concrete characters or plots. The plot is super simplistic. Um, none of the characters are super sympathetic. There's nothing really, uh, plays like, there's nothing, no one to root for. There's no one to care about. I didn't care about any characters in this. Um, a standout scene was the final scene, um, which I, I, I mean, I'm not, oh yeah. Oh, dang it. I should have said this before, but no spoilers for any of the films in this podcast. Maybe I'll try to insert that in, I'll edit it. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything for any of the films. You can watch this even if you haven't seen any of them. Um... But, uh, yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought that that final scene was, uh, really well shot and really tense and stuff. All well, movies tense, that's one of the words I was looking for. Um, and 
I, I don't know. This movie's just not that great. It's okay. I didn't think uh, DiCaprio's performance was much of anything, honestly. I don't buy into the whole he deserves an Oscar type thing. I think that's largely spun by people who are personal fans of him and don't not are necessarily objectively analyzing his work. 538 ran a great piece this week um, analyzing whether DiCaprio really deserves his Oscar. Um, and they said uh, that they basically analyzed it. There were ton, there are like 50 other people who had also been nominated three times who hadn't won and he evaluated by Rotten Tomato score and who's produced the highest percentage of films with uh, high critical quality and basically it, there's just a solid group of 20 other actors who also deserve it as much if not more than DiCaprio and the number one film on his list or the number one actor on his list was Matt Damon who is also nominated this year that's the crazy part, Matt Damon's more due than DiCaprio and I also think he's a much better performance, but I'll get to The Martian in a second. So it's just an incredibly frustrating narrative surrounding him. Um, I just, his, his speech is going to be incredibly pretentious. I'm not looking forward to it. Although in his, uh, although in his, um, uh, Golden Globe speech, he did, uh, like, shout out to, like, Native American charities and stuff, which is a big part of this film, so that's good. He better do that again. Um, I mean, he not better. He can do what he wants, but, uh... It's, it's, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of him. And I, I just find this narrative incredibly frustrating. So, um, like, I think his performance was as good as it could have been. Like, I think he's completely fine. But it's just he's nothing to work with. This character's nothing. Um, so, yeah, this is one of my least favorite of the, of the group. It's not my least favorite, but it's um, bottom three, probably. Okay. Second most likely film to win, also a member of my bottom three, is The Big Short. Uh, the Big Short is not like The Revenant at all. It's a... Um, Directed by, uh, directed by uh, Step Brothers director Adam McKay, who previously did all comedies. This is so weird that he's nominated for uh, Best Director. Um, more of a surprise to me than Lenny Abramson getting in for Room, uh, who was also, I love that he was nominated, but it wasn't super expected. Um, so The Big Short is a film about, is very, like, uh, is a very kind of, I don't know what the word is. I, it's, a, it's about the financial crash uh, 2008 or whatever, and, um, it's chronicling people, a uh, few people who predicted it and profited off of it. Uh, it's a very cynical film about our financial system. Um, it's, uh, it's one that employs a lot of non-traditional narratives, breaking the fourth wall. There's several segments where they take other celebrities to come in and explain financial concepts to you because you, uh, they're too boring to understand otherwise. And he thinks, like, it's important. It caused so many people to lose money, so we have to explain it with this celebrity. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's uh, largely comedic, but also somewhat of a drama film. There's a lot of great performances in here. Some of them are nominated um, in Best Supporting Actor, and uh, one or two, I can't even remember. Um, Christian Bale is nominated, I'm not sure else. And uh, yeah, so my evaluation of this film is this is one of the ones I liked least. I think it's good. Um, the non-traditional narrative pisses me off a lot. I kind of, I just absolutely hated the segments where someone explains to you on the screen. Um, it's, I just, the problem is that it had no meaning. Like, it, here, the thing is, like, what are you watching this movie for? Are you watching, like, as a documentary to learn about the financial crash? If so, then those segments are good. But I'm watching it for, like, narrative purposes. I wanted to tell a story, and those don't contribute to the story at all. So those segments really annoyed me. The other thing is that I think this film is very, uh, 
it's very indignant and very quote-unquote preachy now here's the thing i agree with everything it's saying right i'm it's something i think it's important to be upset about it i think this is probably the most important films of, of all the eight uh, in terms of societal impact so if it won in that regard i'd be fine with it i also love to see adam mckay win uh best picture it'd be very funny but um in terms of film quality i just uh don't see a lot of narrative storytelling value in preachiness right um it's, it's not even that it held a moral position, that's fine, it's just that it basically talked at the audience saying this is what you should think a lot, and I really didn't think that's good, I don't think that's good narrative. So, um, not a big fan of The Big Short. Um, it's a film a lot of people like, it's generally a crowd-pleasing one, which is why it won the PGA. Um, it's uh, basically like if The Revenant is 35 or 40% to win, this is like 30 or 35% to win, right? They're very close. And this could very easily win. Um, I think The Revenant may be, is probably a better film than The Big Short, but I'd prefer to see The Big Short win, maybe. In some regards, in other regards, uh, this would encourage these types of films being seen critically legitimate, which annoys me. Again, not that it takes a moral stance. Again, I agree with its moral stance, but that it, uh, that it feels uh, the need to to educate the audience more than tell them a story. I, I think that that is a cardinal sin of narrative, so I, I uh, was not a big fan of it overall. Okay, um, the next film of the three I mentioned, Spotlight, is also has like a 25-30% chance to win uh, Best Picture. Um, so Spotlight is a film about the Boston Globe investigations into the 2000, 2001 investigations into the uh, Catholic Church, um, child sex abuse, uh, scandal. Um, uh, it's, it's my favorite of these three. I think it's one of the best in this category, potentially even the second best. Spotlight's just a very super solid film. It's, uh, it's the opposite of The Big Short in that it's super traditional in its narrative. It never tries to do anything interesting. <laughs> um, it's the only, the, the most notable narrative thing about it is its subject matter, one, and how it treats it. Um, and two, in how it spreads out its characters. Um, there's really not any leading performances in Spotlight. They're all kind of supporting performances, and it's interesting. I, I think that this is good in that it, um, it uh, is able to establish several strong characters, as opposed to basically every other film in this, in this category, which, uh, which uh, basically has one strong performance than a bunch of other ones. Um, so that's interesting. Um, but none of these perform none of these characters felt very deep to me. I didn't particularly care about any of them. That being said, the narrative was, narrative was very good. The filmmaking extremely uh, competent, and uh, I just think the script is clearly the best of these three. Um, this car had his uh, hazards on while slowing down. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I really I really like Spotlight. Um, it's not uplifting, obviously. It's very somber. Um, it's kind of just there. That's the thing. This is the type of film... See, to me, Spotlight is the type of film that always wins the Oscar. Um, competent script, um, nothing exceptional, super solid film. Maybe you can contrive some message out of it. Uh, this is like the King's Speech of the year. Uh, in 2010, the King's Speech won over The Social Network, which is the one I'm... Which is like the biggest... Uh, Best Picture win atrocity that I've since I've been paying attention to it. Um, the Social Network, um, kind of an outstanding film, and The King's Speech, a very good film, but not particularly great in any category. Uh, and 
just, just, uh, this is, this is the King's speech. It's not, actually, I don't think it's as good. I actually thought the King's speech was very good. Um, but this film's just, it's, it's very good, very solid. Out of the three, I'd prefer this to win because I think it's the best movie and I think it's clearly the best movie. It's like a tier above the other two for me, maybe even two tiers above the other two. Um, everything about it's good in terms of how it handles its, uh, its subject matter, you could it it very very slightly gets it takes a moral stance towards the end. Um, it's uh, there's a lot of like uh, the people covering it. It's like we should have covered this earlier. Or, like it's not just like they're the heroes. There's a lot of complicated portrayals of its journalistic leads, and uh, like it's like we all suck. Society sucks. Like for covering this up, um, it's not uh, it's not doesn't take any hard stances like super anti religion. Um, I think it'd be slightly more interesting if it got closer to that type of thing. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's, as it is, I think it's, it does enough to, uh, create a truly great film. And I'm a big fan of Spotlight and I hope it wins on Sunday. Okay. So those are the three major ones that could have any chance of winning. Now we're going to get into two or three, which are also general crowd pleasing films, which have an outside shot, shot at winning. So let's go in. Christopher Tapley's order and talk about, um, not that I followed his order for one and two, let's talk about, um, the Bridge of Spies next. So, uh, Spielberg, Tom Hanks, Bridge of Spies, um, it's a Cold War, uh, thriller, uh, prisoner swap, etc. type of film. Uh, another extremely competent film. This is similar to Spotlight, solid script, better better characterization of its leads because it's more focused on Tom Hanks and uh, Mark Rylance than although he's definitely supporting role than uh, Spotlight is with its spread out cast um, it's uh, very good um, probably short of exceptional because it doesn't do anything particularly interesting um, emotion, uh, evocatively emotion, evocative emotionally not, not really like both of these films are are uh, Effective, but not super effective, like my favorite of the year, which we'll talk about later. Um, but Bridge of Spies is um, very good. Um, I, I think that this film contains my uh, actor ma- taking, making the most out of a nothing role in Mark Rylance playing the uh, captured Soviet spy. That is very little dialogue, very little to do, and he makes that character into something memorable from the film even though I think it's basically nothing in the script. So I think that he should win Best Supporting Actor. Um, and he has a shot at it, although not a great shot. Uh, Tom Hanks is great in it. Um, it's obviously well-directed, well-written. It's just super solid overall. And because of that, and in a year with tons of split voting, it has an outside shot. Um, I'd recommend I'd recommend Spotlight. I'd recommend uh, Bridge of Spies. Um, super, Bridge of Spies, super drama-type film. It, you know, it's Cold War drama. If that's if, if you're into that, you can check it out. You'll definitely like it if you are. So that's number four. Number five is The Martian. Um, the Martian feature is uh, another one that I'd put into the Spotlight Bridge of Spies type category. I think The Martian is slightly worse than those two films. Um, the Marsh. The biggest flaws with The Martian to me are like it has a lot of auxiliary characters that have no reason to be in the film. Um, there's a lot of segments which are, which feel, like, more contrived or more meaningless than anything in those other two films. Um, I think Matt Damon's performance in this is the best out of the three, these three that I've mentioned. I think he's extremely good. 
I think without a super strong performance, this movie is worse. Because I, th I think this movie's script is worse than those other two. So uh, the fact that Matt Dar Damon carries this as much as he does, it does is very... Um, it's, uh, it's, it's very, uh, like, uh, marking of a uh, great performance, I think. Martian's much funnier than a lot of the films uh, we've talked about. And um, I, I think that it's very good, and I think that it's... Um, it's, it's got the space element, which to me is more interesting of a setting than, uh, than you know, uh, a newspaper building or a, uh, or, uh, or the, uh, period piece, right? Like, I, I think it's got a more inherently interesting environment, um, and I do think it's a fairly successful film. Um, this is the type of film that you'd expect to win in a preferential ballot system, so it's a little surprising the Big Short won over this in the PGAs. I think that there's an outside shot of this winning. I wouldn't be shocked, although it, it's, it'd be shocking if any of not the not-top-three won, but um, these two wouldn't be completely shocking. So I think The Martian's a very good film. Um, those more into the comedic spectrum would find this more appealing than super dramatic films. Um... Although it's, you know, obviously not a comedy like the, like the, uh, illegitimate, um, whatever's, uh, said it was, Golden Globe said it was. So, um, good film. I think it's deserving of being nominated. I think all three of these films deserve to be nominated. I wouldn't have nominated Big Short or The Revenant, but these three I would have. Okay, so that's five. There's three left. These are the ones that probably have no shot, but let's talk about Mad Max, which, um, which I think that uh, this suffers because of the preferential ballot system. Uh, this is a film that a lot of people think is a masterpiece, and others are, especially the older members of the Academy, are not going to be super into. So, um, Mad Max is a pure action film. It's one of the first that I can remember in a while that's been nominated for Best Picture. Um, a lot of people are calling this, like, the best action film of all time. Um... I actually think its director, if I'm blanking on his name, has uh, a shot at winning Best Director. Inaritu is the favorite, and he is second, uh, George Miller. he I believe he's second in line to win uh, Best Director, kind of as seen of a culmination of this action series type thing. Um, this isn't my type of movie. A lot of people listening to this are going to be huge fans of it. Not my type of movie. I think if you can tell already, I it's... I, I don't love this for the same reasons I don't love uh, The Revenant. Um, it's not a film that has a ton of narrative or characterization, like Shrug. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not as into action films as a lot of people. I acknowledge that it had a lot of action scenes, good action scenes, a lot of ones that I felt interested in. I think the, part, the aspect this movie has most interested in was visually. It's super uh, unique and interesting, and I, I really did think it was excellent, excellent visually. Um, and I'm not the one to critique uh, the action pieces of it, and so I'll leave that to other people. I will say that people are overrating this narratively and characterization-wise, and also as a feminist piece. I believe it is a minimally feminist piece. Obviously, the goal in the movie is, uh, like, women overthrow the men, so it's feminist in that regard, but my big problem with it um, is that everything needs to be facilitated by our male lead, um, literally everything. He needs to be there the entire time. It's very obvious they wouldn't have been able to succeed without him. He saves, uh, he saves, uh, Charlize Theron's life. Like, it's, it's all, I guess that's spoilers, I don't know. It's all, um, it, it's, he, it's, to me, it's, like, the thing that pisses me off most is a film that, like, by men, like, in 
written, directed, think, thinks it's feminist, but, like, needs a male character f- to facilitate everything. Like, I've seen this before, and it pisses me off. So, um, it's, it's more feminist than everything except Room in this, in this category, but, uh, people praise it as, like, the feminist movie of the year. No, absolutely not. Carol. <laughs> like, if anything, Carol. Okay, so, uh, don't give me that. And, uh, characterization-wise, Max is a dumb character. Uh, he's nothing. Uh, maybe if I've seen the other films in the series even more, but he's not a character. Um, Charlie's Throne's character, Imperia Ferosa. Um, this is, she's more of a character, but I also think she's not much of a character, which is going to piss a ton of people off. But she has a slight backstory that comes into play, um, like, uh, towards, uh, like, towards the middle she randomly shows up, uh, we know she doesn't express any emotions, she, like, and she's not the, she's the type of character that wouldn't express many emotions, but, um, but, like, you can still subtly express emotion, nobody, like, doesn't express emotion, anyway, um, it's, it's, she wasn't super interesting to me, I thought none of the characters were, um, I think that character's overrated, I think the narrative's overrated, I didn't particularly like this film, purely from a, a ranking the eight of them, this would probably be eight out of eight, for me, again, though, it's not made for me, it's not my type, it's not my film, whatever, who cares what I think about it, um, it has an outside shadow winning, because, again, there's a solid group of people who think it's a masterpiece, so, maybe there's enough of them to propel it in a year, what's worth it. The last two are, uh, my first and second favorite of the category, so, <laughs> and of course they have the lowest chance of winning, right? Spotlight's my number three, so let's talk uh, about uh, Room, or let's talk about, I actually think Room is a better chance of winning than Brooklyn. Let's talk about Brooklyn first, because Room's my favorite. Brooklyn uh, is a, um, if you're looking for any sort of progressivism in a category with zero <laughs> progressivism, you can look to uh, Brooklyn about a, a super positive piece about immigrants in a year which immigrants have been attacked politically. Um, this movie stars uh, Saoirse Ronan um, in, uh, if, if not for Brie Larson in Room, would be my favorite performance of the year, but uh, she's great, absolutely great in this. Um, this is the... This, this is a film about she's coming from Ireland, she goes to Brooklyn, and um, her adjusting to life in America several decades ago. Um, this movie is... Um, a lot of people will be turned off by this movie's earnestness. Uh, this very much feels like a fluff movie, um, and if that doesn't bother you, then you'll, you're likely to love it, but if you're more into, like, gritty movies, then uh, and you can't necessarily appreciate earnest movies, this one's not going to appeal to you, um, which isn't to say that everyone should love it, you know, there's legitimate criticisms, the script isn't superb, I think it's very competent, um, and it's impressive in its subtlety, I'd say, um, combined with super competent direction and an incredible lead performance, I think that Brooklyn is one of the best films of the year, and I'd recommend you see Um, last, uh, uh, is Room, which is the one on this list you're least likely to have seen. Here's what I'll say. If there's any chance you have seen Room, um, I would recommend listening to nothing I say about it. This is the only one of the eight where it really is bad if you know what the movie's about. Now, I'm going to be super vague about everything, but uh, some movies are super experience-based on you not knowing what happens. And to me, I think Room... It's, you can still enjoy the movie if you know what happens, but I, I feel like that adds a big component to it. Just my opinion. Okay. 
Room is uh, probably the smallest uh, of these films in terms of revenue, uh, budget, stuff like that. Um, it's it's one of my it's my favorite film of the year, and it got nominated for Best Picture, so I was super happy about that, obviously. And I, I also think it's uh, in some aspects one of my favorite films the past ten years, right? Um, but most films I've seen are the past ten years, so that's basically every film, right? Uh, I'm, I'm young, so that's that's most films. Um, but uh, in in it, I don't know. It's not. It's 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 one I'll need to watch a few more times before I make a solid judgment on that. Um, the first. I don't know. I don't know how much to say about it, right? Like, okay, seriously, turn it off if there's any chance you can see it. The first half of this movie is absolutely incredible, absolutely brutal. This movie is one of the most brutal films you'll ever see. Um, it's like a uh, super emotionally draining experience watching it. Um, it's not fun. Like, it, that's not the point of it. It's supposed to be this uh, awful experience. And it's not like torture, but it's just uh, evocative of, uh, of very negative emotions in a way that... Um, and if, if you're someone who, like, absolutely does not want that, then don't see it. If you're someone who, uh, is, uh, is possible, it's possible to be, uh, triggered by a lot of, tip a lot of, uh, serious topics, I would look up trigger warnings for this movie. I'm sure they're out there. Um, there's, there's a lot to be, uh, there's a lot of trigger warnings that should be listed. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, what's, so what's so great about this film is, the lead performances um, by Brie Larson, the best performance of the year. She's likely to win Best Actress, which is superb. Um, I'm always surprised when the best performances actually win. <laughs> that very rarely happens. Uh, again, it's my opinion, but like, uh, which is the best? But um, she's incredible in this. Uh, Jacob Tremblay, the child in this movie, is also absolutely incredible. I would have given him the Best Supporting Actor nomination, although I do think that. Um, his performance is a much like any performance is a component of the direction, the script, and um, and his actual performance. Uh, this is one of my favorite directed movies ever. Lenny Abramson actually got nominated for this. Um, I very rarely am able to discern good direction. I'm not an I'm not a person who makes movies, so I'm not necessarily super aware of what uh, comprises excellent direction. But this movie is. Um, it's it's so what's so what stands out about the direction about the movie itself is one the way it's able to um, evoke such um, such palpable such extreme emotions from you. Um, it's from the script. It's from the performances. Especially it's from the direction from Lenny Abramson. Secondly, is that it's such a unique. Uh, there's aspects of the direction that are so unique. The type of performance um, he does this thing where he tries to. Uh, make us see through the perspective of Jacob Tremblay, and it's such a risky thing to do. There's a lot of films that have tried to do the uh, perspective of a child, and this one succeeds where others I have not seen work. Um, it's it's It goes such a long way towards telling this movie's story emotionally. Like, if we were watching this movie purely objectively and not necessarily from Brie Larson and Jacob Tremblay's perspectives, then it would not work as, as much as it does. But because we see through their eyes quite literally in some shots, um, it, uh, it's able to be 
one of the most evocatively emotional I've said that several times films I've ever seen it's such an experience and it's like not only does it just deal with the experience but then it deals with the fallout and the emotions involving that and a lot of people say that it turns soap opery in the second half and I can see that a little bit but it's just it deals that the emotions are extreme in that circumstance and that's that's what that's what is going to happen so like it just covers the entire range and it's it's just so incredible it's such an experience I, I can't recommend enough seeing this if anything involving this sounds like something you might like um, even if it might be like a rough watch uh, it's um, it's it's like totally worth it and I think it's just absolutely incredible I think that there's other people who hold this opinion so because of that there's the the most outside shot of it be of it winning but it's really not gonna happen um, I really wish this would win because it's the best film of the year it's 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 so wonderful. <laughs> It's, uh, like, it's for me, so for me, it's this, Room, Brooklyn, uh, Spotlight, um, Bridge of Spies, and then, uh, Else, Martian 5, then Else, right? Um, and that's a pretty solid half of the movies I genuinely think are really great, so, in this category. So, Room is my pick, uh, not my pick that's actually gonna win, but it's my favorite film of the year. Um, I just, I, I really love it. I'd, I'd love to watch it again and talk about it more. Um, it is a t- that's the type of film that it's like you put off watching again because it's rough. It's pretty brutal. Um, it's more brutal than The Revenant, which is also a brutal one to watch. But The, Re- the Revenant has no payoffs emotionally for being brutal. It doesn't, you're n- it's, it's not intellectually like, it's, it's, you don't, you don't think you gain like a unique emotional perspective from, from watching The Revenant, but in Room, you definitely do. So, that's my opinions uh, on this category. I think that covers all the subjects. I'm almost done. Let me know what you thought, what your rankings are of the Best Picture nominees, who you think is going to win. So, my pick for your Oscar poll is The Revenant, but it's basically 50-50. I mean, it's not 50-50. It's 33-33-33, but it's The the Revenant or... um, or... uh, or uh, The Big Short. I think Take Your Pick. Personally, if there is any payoff towards picking a film that's going to be less picked than others, uh, I would pick Spotlight. I actually think Spotlight very easily could win. Um, And I would... In some ways, I'm going to be shocked if it doesn't, because it just seems like the type of film that should win this award. So that's not really a very logical perspective, but just feeling-wise, it really does. Okay. So I'm Dylan Heisen. Check us out at OverlyAnimated.com, even though it's nothing to do with animation. Um... We, I recently put out a podcast with Sam talking about the best animated picture category, feature category, where we talk... In that, I briefly mentioned that Inside Out was snubbed for uh, best picture, so if you want to get my perspective on that, anything animated in this year's Ad Academy Awards, listen to that podcast. Um, OverlyAnimated.com. You can support us on Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. See if I, I... Again, no outline. Let's see if I can remember the Patreon list. Uh, thank, current, thanks to our current patrons, Shana, Mitch Cordell, Beatrice, Nate, Andy, Jamie, and Rachel. And, uh, aka, hey, now if you're Mitch Cordell, University, Beatrix Lestrange, um, Mailman, uh, uh, Buzz Lightyear, and Ruby, Ruby, uh, Rachel Rose. Okay, so I think I actually think I hit them all. There you go. Um, if this works, I have no idea if this is going to sound good. I mean, I tested extensively for this, but, uh, but if it, uh, does work, then, um, that was bad. Uh, if it has any chance of working, then, um, I'll do uh, weekly uh, ones of this about various topics. Um, yeah, so uh, let me know what you thought of this. Feedback appreciated. Uh, thanks for listening. And um, 
I will see you next time. Bye.